Welcome to the WordPress Shop Podcast with our hosts, Colleen LeMasters and Adam Miggitz. I'm Colleen LeMasters of Colleen LeMasters Creative, and I specialize in WordPress websites, both design and development. I use thoughtful strategy to create beautifully crafted and optimized websites that are also easy to manage on a day-to-day basis for my clients. Adam Miggitz, located in South Carolina, is a web developer focused on integrating custom functionality to websites. In this podcast, they break down the world of WordPress, showing all the many things that a website can do using the WordPress framework. Now let's jump into the episode. Good morning. Hello. What I like about WordPress is that, personally, is that, I mean, granted, you can, you know, blank slate, grab whatever libraries you want, build, you know, use your own custom classes, build everything from ground up. But with WordPress, you install, you know, all, all of their, their core fi- files, uh, and in that has so many built-in functionality. It already sets up your database. It sets up a, a UI for back-end, front-end, whatever you want. And, of course, you know, you add as, add all the things that you need to do to whatever you want to do. Yes, and um, I guess I probably should have given a little bit more background as to my, my WordPress experience. But I have been using WordPress since the, uh, well, since 2005. So it's been a while. And I started out doing front-end development, and it was mainly CSS and HTML. And then I started discovering all of these cool things that WordPress can do because it's built on this database. And I'm all about efficiencies. And so learning how to make updating a website more efficient and, you know, showcasing information more efficiently using the tools that WordPress already provides was a total eye-opening, like, aha moment. It's like, oh my gosh, this is, this could be so cool. And so I was actually wondering, Adam, now that I have kind of, I've jumped headfirst into WordPress, especially since I started my business in 2012, focusing mainly on WordPress and really some of the backend stuff. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing, and I will. I have something that I would like to share as well. But um, what is the coolest, craziest thing that you have done using WordPress that people might be surprised to hear about? Interesting. Coolest, craziest. <laughs> if you need a minute to think uh, about it, because I totally just sprung that on you. Yeah. Well, well I, I guess I'm going to have to say, and it, it, it actually needs, it's kind of, kind of an out of control platform because I haven't been involved in it, but. Uh, I actually created a platform. So somebody came to me and they, they needed to, this is back when Alexa flash briefings were fairly new, 2016 maybe. And they wanted, so basically he wanted to figure out how to wait, how to put a flash briefing on a, or use flash briefing. You know, he couldn't figure out how to get his, uh, his content on there and all that. So, and there wasn't a lot of information back then. Cause it was again, very new back then, 2016 or whatever it was. So, uh, a friend of his or mutual friend, you know, connected us and, and I, I made it happen or whatever. And then we were like, oh, we have, you know, we should, you know, create something that has, uh, you know, that other people can do this, you know, an easy way to do it. So, and they picked WordPress as the site and they did all their marketing thing or whatever, but they wanted the back end part to, to do that. And so, of course, there's me going, okay, so basically I had to integrate all the Amazon stuff. Uh, and then of course they're like, oh, well, we're going to host some podcasts. I'm like, uh, okay, podcasts. So now I had to like integrate some podcast, you know, requests. So as the request fee had to handle all the requests coming in from all the different platforms and, you know, make sure it doesn't crash the system and then just, you know, put out whatever it needs for dynamically the, the RSS feeds. I think that's probably the craziest one. So in a nutshell. <laughs> 
very cool. I, that is like you, your dev brain just like blows my mind. I think it's awesome the way that you figured out how to integrate things and this whole like text to speech to be able to, um, the idea of taking that and then applying it to a blog post and turning your blog post that you already have spent time and it's this labor of love and then turning it into a podcast, like and automating that process just totally blows my mind. So, um, my, I, I had a client who was interested in doing reverse mortgages. So for seniors, it was basically a way to take money and, and essentially like if their house was paid off or almost paid off, they could then take the money and equity in their house and use it for their retirement. Right. So they needed a mortgage calculator. So I was able using WordPress and Gravity Forms, um, which is an amazing WordPress plugin. If you're not familiar with it, it was phenomenal. And I was able to basically create a calculator whereby someone could go onto the website and put in, you know, what their home was valued at roughly like, you know, go on Zillow and pull what the Zestimate is of your home, put that in there and then put in, you know, either how much you owe and you know how much your interest rate was and then calculate how much based on this federal program you could likely get if you know it was like a pre-qualification kind of thing but this whole calculator process i was like super proud of myself for being able to use wordpress and gravity forms to do that and there's so many cool applications yeah i i've just really enjoyed learning about wordpress and then i've had i've been super fortunate to have um a lot of resources and I would love to be able to now that I am comfortable with WordPress become a resource for other people and kind of pay it forward so please don't hesitate to reach out with questions um, for everyone in the audience I'm happy to answer and and um, do my best to help Adam what say you yeah I think the and just to go back to WordPress you know I just about the, the basis of it I like the way to for for me again what I was saying about you know the the core files and functionality you know look at all of you know there's I don't know thousands hundreds whatever the the, the the amount of sites that are built on WordPress have so many different you know functionalities and so many different uh, looks and, and everything so that just tells me how versatile the built because they're all you know, using the built-in functions, and of course, obviously custom stuff too, but mostly built-in stuff that WordPress out of the box can do. So it's just why it's a kind of a wide open blank slate, essentially. So what I think a lot of people get, what I think WordPress or our theme developers or you know, like me, whatever, I, I did this for, for one client. I, I may put this once I actually launch my site, I might actually put this as a tool. I'm thinking about putting, kind of making a plug, do it just maybe through a plugin, maybe a theme, but I think plugins are, I know there's a whole issue, they have a whole theme and plugin, uh, not controversy, but that's a whole debate. Anyway, so I may do a tool, so basically I created something for a client so that they can just go to, you know, one, still using WordPress, their backend, they go into a set, you know, plugin, that plugin settings, and within that, it had... I, I call it cards, basically they're boxes of information. So whatever box information they need, if they want to just images for certain things for that setup, but I should have short codes to handle certain things uh, or, you know, wording for page or, or whatever settings they needed. They had some specific things. I set it up to where they can just basically click, type, edit, save, and that's it. I, I think, and it's, it's, you know, with page builders kind of do that for pages, 
you know, where you can easily, you know, drag and drop things and it uses it. So kind of a, an admin, admin control, uh, control panel. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I think that is one of the biggest things you bring up a really interesting point because one of the biggest complaints I hear about WordPress is that the backend is too complicated for people to update on a daily basis. And I, I get that. I understand that, you know, learning something new, especially when it's like internet tech related can seem really overwhelming. But that is also a beauty of WordPress in that that's what I do for my clients is I customize that back end. So it makes it easier, you know, whether it's a drag and drop interface like you're creating or, you know, like, it's, it's so flexible that you can create a custom backend that makes it easy to update because updating your website should be. And, you know, I know some people are into um, different platforms and that's great. I think that if it makes sense for you that at the end of the day, you got to go with what's comfortable. But I also think some of those platforms are a little restraining, I guess might be the word or uh, constraining. Uh, just it, they're great for starting out, but once you start to need custom capability and not even like highly customized ones, but like, I want to sell event tickets or I want to have like, you know, be able to take RSVPs and suddenly those out of the box platforms are not going to cut the mustard. And that's where something like WordPress, if you start there, it will grow with you. And I think that's the biggest differential from some of those other platforms. Yeah, I just, I mean, because there's so many flexibility or flexible plugins and things like that, it just really makes it easy. So I guess, do you want to talk a little bit, Adam, maybe about like the, we can use kind of a case study in that, the club plugin that we're working on. I think that would be an interesting one to discuss. So what do you think? Uh, sure. Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely good. I mean, it's, yeah, WordPress, like I said, it's, it's, you have to still be careful, you know, people who's, you know, add all these plugins like oh it does everything but then they don't realize you know when you the more things you add it can you know obviously affect efficiency but also it can get confusing because now you know where do i go you know so but but yeah we can talk about the the uh the club the little plugin thing we're, we're working on awesome so i am based in napa valley so i am fortunate to have a lot of winery clients and a lot of my clients there is they all use there's about three major players in the winery software game, one of whom, a, a very large one, has its own content management system. So it's not a WordPress, it's not a Squarespace, it's not any of the other ones. You have to use their own platform. And the reason is, is because part of the functionality, and this is the big functionality that these, these companies offer, is they offer a subscription service, which unto itself doesn't sound like it's anything unique, but the way that a lot of wine clubs and even thinking further outside the box, not just wine, but there's things like beauty boxes or clothing subscriptions, things like that, where it's not a flat rate subscription. So, you know, you think about when you sign up for a magazine, if anyone does that anymore, maybe it's all digital subscriptions, but either way, you know, it's a flat rate. So it's a hundred bucks a year or 20 bucks a month or whatever it is, but it's always the same amount. Well, with wineries and beauty boxes and clothing, you know, things like that, it will depend on what's included in that particular months, quarters, years, whatever the time interval is, what those products are that are included. So for example, a winery is going to ship you in the springtime, two bottles of rosé and their rosé is only $20 a bottle, right? So 
$20 a bottle, but then when they send you another shipment in October and it's going to be Cabernet Sauvignon, it's $50 a bottle, right? And so you need a way to only charge what the cost of that product is, but automatically do so in a subscription format. And Adam and I have been working on also um, to create this service because this is where those winery platforms do things really well is that variable subscription price and all these wineries that are smaller mom and pop wineries you know they don't necessarily have the money to pay a hundred dollars a month just for that type of service so we are working to and i say we really adam's doing the heavy lifting here with a lot of the back end code so i tip my cap to you but it is something that we can then turn around and offer to these small wineries that would like to have this subscription-based model with a variable pricing aspect, but also batch processing these credit cards. So, you know, you have 60, 70 members. You don't want to sit there and type out 60 or 70 invoices or credit cards. You know, you want to be able to capture those funds immediately and not just have to worry about sending an invoice and waiting for them to pay. And so this batch processing will collect the funds. You can ship the wine. And, you know, of course, there's a process on the back end that, you would go through as far as like sending them an email to say, hey, heads up, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be sending your wine, update your credit card and make sure your shipping information hasn't changed and all that kind of good stuff. So it's our hope that we can simplify this and make things easier for some of these smaller businesses so they don't have to pay for all of these fancy features that they may or may not need. Yeah, it's just such a cool, cool project. Um, and I like, I think you brought up initially, so when, when the, uh, like put it to, almost in like a, a wizard type, I call it wizard, I don't know, they're still called wizards, whatever. So basically, you know, where, where a client can actually go in and, and set up their, go in and, and pick, you know, okay, you know, what industry? So if, you know, if it's set up for, you know, wine industry or, or uh, you know, gift boxes or, or whatever, the, whatever else, you know, industry is we're going to have it for. Pick that and then based on that, then it says, okay, now, you know, pick this pick this, you know, basically they just go through and, and fill out predetermined forms so that it automatically customizes as best as it can saying, okay, this client's using it for this. And of course they can go in and further customize things. But I think that's just, you know, it's going to be just a very helpful, I think we can make it very user-friendly and helpful so that, you know, mom and pop stores can, can easily understand, you know, what they're doing <laughs> instead of like, all right, what do I do? Uh, you know, no, I think you hit the nail on the head because a lot of these people, you know, I mean, think about some of the smaller business owners and even the the medium. I mean, if you're not a giant corporation, you likely don't have a whole huge team to be able to take care of this kind of stuff for you. So we want to make it as easy as possible for you to run your business. And, you know, you might have someone who does your marketing. Like, let's say that, you know, there's a small business that has a marketing assistant. Well, that person's wheelhouse might be social media or Facebook specifically or Instagram, you know, whatever it is, but yeah, they have enough tech savvy to kind of do some of this stuff, but whatever we can do to make it, make that person's life easier so they can run their business and grow their business is, is, you know, going to be good for business. So I'm excited to see this one. I have clients that I've kind of mentioned like, oh, hey, I'm working on a solution that, you know, might make this a little bit easier. And they're like, oh my gosh, we can't wait. We're so excited. So, I mean, and there's a time and a place for, again, some of those other platforms, you know, some of the bells and whistles that those winery platforms offer, 
you know, that that's great. And it works better t- typically for the larger scale companies, but that's that, you know, there's no like one size fits all kind of thing. And that's why WordPress allows us to get a little bit closer to that. So we can customize something that will be made for everybody. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit, what am I trying to say? Gosh, it's, it gets us closer to a one size fits all without the fluff, I guess, of, of being forced into some extra stuff. Would you say? Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it just, it, because like I said, because there's so many, you know, you're tapping into the already functional, the functionality that is already there. And then I'll, basically you're saying, okay, what is it that I need to do? Like, oh, okay. I need these five things or, or, you know, I need uh, or two things, you know, gateways, you know, payment gateways or whatever. So you look at those APIs, you bring in, you know, create your, your help. I call them helper file, class, helper class files, bring it in, handles it, whatever it is going to handle. And then, uh, and just you're focused on that. So that's, that's kind of the benefit. You're focusing on just what it needs to do rather than, you know, building everything out and then building out what you need, you know, cause WordPress already says, all right, here it is, you know, so. Yeah, I think it provides um, a great framework so you're not reinventing the wheel is a huge part of it. One of the other things that I really like about WordPress is and its flexibility is that it you can take it anywhere. <laughs> so that is to say that, for example, I have a client who is on Squarespace. It worked for the first year of their business and, you know, they set it up themselves. It was great. They had they had a, you know, kid that was fresh out of high school helping with their Squarespace business and that that worked. So kid moves on, goes to college, whatever. She is left kind of handcuffed because she doesn't really know what she's doing in Squarespace, but she knows she wants to sell tickets to events, right? So there's some other custom functionality, but now she's like, well, here's all these cool things that I have coming up, not only event ticket sales, but I would like to be able to, you know, sell a subscription kind of service. She does champagne. It's a champagne bar. So she wants a subscription service. So I'm like, oh, ding, ding, ding. Here we go. You know, here's another person who's perfect. She doesn't want to pay $99 a month for, you know, one of the winery softwares. And that's like on the cheaper, cheaper end of the spectrum. So right out the gate, I mean, $99 a month. And she's like, I only want this club to run twice a year. So like, I really only need it for two months out of the year. So that's like, doesn't make financial sense. But here she is on Squarespace. And so I told her, I said, listen, like, it sounds like you got put onto Squarespace because the person, you know, the kid that you had working for you, that's what they knew, but it wasn't necessarily what made sense for your business. So now let's take a broad scope look at, at your whole business and figure out where you are, where you want to be, and what it would take to get there. And nine times out of 10, when you think longer term, you need to grow your website right? And add that additional functionality. And if the current platform doesn't offer it, what do you do, right? You have to move platforms oftentimes. And she's on Squarespace. So it's not going to be necessarily a straightforward, easy process to move all of that information that she currently has built up over the last year, year and a half in a streamlined way. Whereas if you have a WordPress site and, you know, your developer or designer ghosts you and you're like, okay, now I don't know what to do. You can hand the keys over to somebody else pretty readily. You can move it to a new host. You can get new, a new theme readily. You know what I mean? And so you can set up a dev site 
that matches exactly because you have access via FTP to all of your files, which I think is key because it's not like you can go into Squarespace, do a complete site backup, and then you know take all of that stuff and move it to another provider because it's Squarespace's proprietary code for you know like their framework so there's something to be said for being able to own your own files and own your own data um you know they'll all tell you yeah it's your data it's your data which that's great but if you can't access it in a way that's convenient for you like what the heck good is it so I think that's a big one is that you can take WordPress with you anywhere because it's open source. You can do anything to it. Um, you know, they're like, here you go. Here's, here are the keys to the castle. Do, let's see what you can create. I mean, really that's a, at its core. That's what they want. You, you know, the designers and the developers behind WordPress, like that's what they want you to do is like go and do some cool stuff, you know? So I, I like that, that vibe. And I think it just lends future I don't know if future proof is the right word, but it makes it more sustainable in the long term, I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's it just it gives yeah, it gives that gives that level of, you know, okay, I can have my site, like you said, you know, take it anywhere type thing. And WordPress is is uh it's just I don't know. I, I just I think people don't take it I think there's two two things. Either don't take advantage of of, of you know, or don't know how to take advantage of, of all the things it can do. And two, they get overwhelmed because they think you know, install a plugin, it'll do everything instead of actually learning what that plugin does. Or they install 12 plugins to try to do one thing that really could have been done with just one little thing, you know, or, you know, so, no. you know, you can kind of get overwhelmed. I totally agree. I think that you bring up a really good point because, you know, with, um, with Google's new page experience as part of the algorithm, I mean, a very large portion of the algorithm is going to drive like, how long users stay on your site, how quickly it loads is going to be an indicator, you know, because people just bounce off if they have to wait. And so if you have, you know, 20 plugins, then, you know, it depends on, that's the only thing that everyone's like, oh, what's the magic number of plugins, right? Before your site starts to slow down. And I always tell them there's not a magic number. It depends on how well those plugins are coded and how, like, how much extra fluff they have, you know, at it, they should be lean. They should do what they are intending to do without all this extra stuff. Right. And it's the extra stuff that bogs down your site. So if you have call it five really crappy plugins, but you have 10 super efficient lean ones, like just because you have 10, that could be more, that could load faster and be a stronger site because they're coded well, they're supported and actively maintained and things like that. So it's funny to me that everyone's like, oh, you know, like I have, what's the magic number? What's the, and I'm like, you guys, it's, it's, you know, like Adam said, it's people who are just installing a bunch of plugins, not realizing what they actually do and what it's bringing to their site. And I get that there's not necessarily a straightforward way to, to identify, you know, it's not like everyday people are going to go look at the code and be like, oh gosh, this, this is just really poorly code, you know, and decide not to use it. But there are some indicators that you can look at, like, when was it last updated? Uh, you know, are the the authors active in the WordPress community, which is to say, like, do they have other plugins or are they active on the forums and answering support questions and things like that? Um, do you have to pay for it? A lot of times in the world of WordPress, you do get what you pay for. And so I think that's an important thing that, you know, depending on the value of that functionality, are you willing to pay a little bit for it? Because then you know that it's actively supported. That's, um, 
you know, they have more, the developer has more skin in the game to make sure that it's successful, which will then in turn be successful for what you need it for. So, but I think that going back to the page experience thing, you know, there's all these factors that people don't necessarily think about when it comes, you know, everyone wants to be on top of Google, but they don't necessarily know all of the different things that go into that. And WordPress will allow you to really dive in like super deep if you're so inclined. And so you can go in and you can adjust schema code, you know, and, and that's one of those, those SEO indicators is like some of the technical language and the markup of your website that indicates to Google what's on the page and that sort of thing. But there's also, you know, page speed and how quickly people are scrolling through or if they're, you know, clicking through to other things on the page. And, you know, with WordPress, it's, it's not just about a, a pretty design, which of course that's going to help people navigate through the site and like stay on your site. But there's so much more, even when it comes to SEO. And so everyone says, oh, you know, like, well, I can do a lot of SEO stuff through the other platforms. And yeah, you know, they, you have, you, you got to do all of the elements of that. And there's so many elements that people don't think about. So, you know, thinking about the code that goes into it, the load times of your plugins and what they're adding. Um, Adam, how often do you use, or do you, do you use another site, but something similar to like Pingdom, GT metrics for, for site speeds? Do you, do you guys, do you goof around in there at all? I generally, I stick to the, the Google one, uh, the, the Google page speed, but, um, GT metrics is funny. My friend and I, he's, well, my friend is, uh, he does websites too. He's not really the, the deep developer that I am. He's more friend and stuff, but anyway, but he uses funny, so he, he we can look at some all the stats from GT Metrics, and it's like you know high. It's like everything's good, and then you go over to Google, and it's like it's way low. It's like what you know. So I tend to go kind of lean, even though GT Metrics is good. I lean to Google because of course Google is everywhere. Very, yeah, so, absolutely. You know, that's kind of why you know. So I kind of go that route. But GT Metrics is good, but it's you know it uh, as from what I see, it actually gives a higher rating than on the same site than uh, a Google would, which is weird. Yeah. But, you know, whatever fact you're looking at. I'm a nerd and I like to check them all. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think that is the, um, the one that tips it for me is Google, because obviously if it, if Google says it then, and that's the one providing the search results, then that's, that's where I'm going to live. So um, I think you bring up a good point there that it's important to, um, to check the Google like lighthouse page speeds and stuff like that. Um, but that's the beauty of that, that a lot of the stuff to WordPress allows you to make those changes and make those fixes. So if Google says, Hey, you know, you need to fix X, Y, and Z or, you know, whatever it might be. I can't even think of a good example right now, but, um, image you know, sizing and uh, render blocking yes. are the two main things. That's a great, yes, exactly. I don't know why I didn't think of that. That's such a great one. So you can like actively change some of that stuff without having to re necessarily re-upload like different size photos because you have a whole media library and maybe some of the other platforms have changed since I've been on them. But at last check, it was like, you have to re-upload a photo and it just seemed inefficient because you're uploading the same photo and then just go ahead and edit it in WordPress or be able to edit it in your content management system. So, you know, make it a little bit more efficient for Google, for load times, all that kind of good stuff without having to have a Photoshop or a Lightroom and stuff like that. So I really, that's one of the features that I like about the media library is you can, you can resize that kind of stuff. And then it automatically will 
create photos in various sizes and even more so like out of the box i think you get thumbnail medium and large in addition to the whatever the full size is of course it won't make something bigger so if you're starting out by uploading a you know 300 wide 300 pixel wide thing it's not going to create a large size off of that because medium is serving that purpose at 300 pixels but you can then customize the size photo that you want to upload based on a theme or you could do it via plugin and then you can add those additional already optimized photos without the user having to actually go through the process of doing that image optimization themselves because it's pulling the right size image that has been created when you uploaded the original one and it's plugging that in to its spot on the site so there's no sense in having a giant hero you know 2000 pixel wide image for just like a thumbnail size on your blog like that's just too weighty you don't need a large picture like that in a small area but using the native settings in the wordpress media library wordpress knows in, you know depending on the theme i always code that into my th my custom theme so wordpress will know what size photo to plug in to the right spot so you're not using that giant photo in a tiny space which i think is pretty cool yeah they definitely i think i think does it use the image set tags uh out of the box or does it, i think wordpress has wordpress yeah it does um i think it does it's I know because I usually am adding custom image sizes. And so it's actually rare that I use the like medium large features just because I want things to behave a certain way. And so I don't want them cropped necessarily based on, you know, like a hard crop versus a soft crop and things like that. But yeah, I mean, just having the ability to automatically have a, a plug or have a platform generate those right sizes is huge. So I think it's nice to be able to use those, those different ones. Yes. Uh, the, the thing that the, the, the also about and theme and the, I, I follow a lot of themes and plungas that, that, uh, do this or starting to do this more, but for me on a per page basis, I like to, or even a settings basis, whatever I like when themes and, you know, theme developers or plugin developers have the ability to turn off scripting, you know, certain scripts and certain things because, you know, you don't why load everything. Maybe a page is only using like, you know, 1% of one file. You don't have to load every single file available, you know. So my my one thing that I didn't like with, because I, I like to use WordPress blocks or Gutenberg, whatever, I don't know how you call it. And even with even with Elementor free, the, the pro lets you do this. But so some page builders let you do this, you know, free ones, Elementor, no, you have to pay. Anyway, but out of the box, if you if you go into the page settings, you build the page. Uh, so use uh, WordPress blocks. You can you know have that field you know where you can do advanced and say, add all your custom classes and to do whatever, right? But they don't have they what what they need, which I do. I actually built a I add this into my own plugin uh, just because I want the functionality. I added a meta box of I can just add custom CSS. For that specific page to handle it rather than creating a class somewhere and then using that and then just calling the class i can just add and you know or just generate whatever's in that box as an inline css and throw it onto that page <laughs> very cool like that's the i mean and i know that that's not something that people are going to do out of the box but i think that's awesome number one because that's exactly that's a great example of why 
you can use WordPress and extend its functionality so well. And so, you know, I understand that a small business owner or, you know, a blogger who's just starting may or may not think in those terms. That's, that's why you and I have jobs. (laughs) But at the same time, I think that knowing the possibilities are out there and there are people that can think knowing the WordPress lay of the land, you know, I love it when people come up to me and they're like, how do I do this? I know that it's probably possible. I've seen it done on other websites. I don't know if they're WordPress or not, but how do I do this? And I love kind of solving that puzzle for them and figuring out how can I make this in the WordPress environment? How can I achieve the end result? And it's like, um, I mean, it's honestly, it's like a a puzzle for me. So um, anytime I see somebody developer otherwise, you know, like thinking outside the box as far as like, you know, additional things in a plugin that like Adam's creating, you know, stuff like that is like super energizing for me. And I love, um, I just, I love people trying to solve a greater issue, um, in a creative way and an efficient way. So kudos on that, on that. I think that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that was the one that was, you know, I, you know, in the, 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 my one pet peeve or whatever you want to call it, it was just aggravating me is, you know, I'm like, Oh, I just wanted to add, you know, CSS just on that page. I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, and of course I can add it, you know, wherever. But I'm like, you know what? Wait a minute. And so, again, I tapped into WordPress functionality where on, you know, for a page, or if, you know, page loads uh, or a edit, you're editing a page, right? You can add whatever you want on there, right? You want to, they call them meta boxes. You want to add a meta box, put it wherever in the sidebar, the, the main page, throw it there. You can throw whatever you want. Like, like one main one, if you want to make a page where it says like, uh, limit, you know, limit this page to your members, right? You can put a little, uh, meta box that has a drop down that says limit to either roles or, you know, just member or, or your custom member name, whatever you want to call it. And then that way add, you know, go into like the, either the WordPress loaded action or the content action and filter it to where it goes to that page. And if it's triggering that, Metabox field that it's limited, it's going to go into a login page if you're not already logged in, you know, so just things like that, just so cool that you can add, you know, very, very easily. I totally agree. And I think that's one of the things that I probably use the most in my day to day WordPress creating is making sure that extra things aren't loaded the way that you're talking about, but letting, but coding that in there so that the user, it's easy for them to choose whether or not, because they know, like, I mean, it could be something as simple as like, show the featured image on this page. And you're like, oh, well, I don't have any good images. So I'd rather just not show one at all. And so you can turn it off and on, you know, like there's no, because you get that individualized approach you you don't have to be forced into something ugly or a giant white spot where something should be then you're people are looking at the website going oh well they forgot to do this part you know like picture picture empty space you know like there are ways that that you can control what is seen without looking like you have gaps in in what you're doing and it just looks more polished to me so i that's one of the things that i use in wordpress i think the most is like creating those those custom meta boxes for users on pages so it's not only looking good on the front end but it's easy to maintain on the back end which actually is one of the other one of the first things that i got started with when i started out with WordPress as far as like customizing themes and backend stuff was 
a lot of, again, the wineries, because that's um, a huge part of my clientele, the wineries had special information that they wanted on their wines pages. So, you know, you have a bottle of wine and here's some fancy notes about it, some flowery language. And then you had like little things, little details that aren't like really text heavy, but things like the alcohol percentage or the pH or like some technical details that where it's just like, you know, 12.9 or 13. So how do we lay that information out in an easy way? Uh, meta boxes. And so now it's something that for any of my winery clients, like they have a clear space on the back end because we've coded in those custom meta boxes and we, you know, have them tailored to show on the front end that it's very clear to anyone just coming in to update their website this is where I put the pH. This is where I put the alcohol. And so it takes the guesswork out for the day-to-day updates on the user. And I think that's one of the biggest things that, that makes WordPress so easy. And yeah, and to go further, you can so you can set up a settings page to allow them to add the values that go into that meta box. So if it's a certain drop-down values that they have, you know, all the time, or, or maybe they change it out, whatever. Have a settings page, they, they go in, they think, I want this, 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 this. It'll take whatever's in there, and when they go to the page, or whatever page you're on, they can now have those options available in that meta box. So that's, that's another layer of it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you are so good at thinking beyond just like that single application and like making it so it is customizable across different scenarios. So I, um, I, I, it's been huge, especially with this wine club plugin that we're working on. So I'm super grateful for that. Want to just say a quick hello to a couple new faces in the room. And Adam and I are up here discussing WordPress and why it's our preferred platform and some of the cool things that we've done with it. So feel free to raise your hand if you have any questions or would like to share a cool WordPress win, uh, something fun that you did extending WordPress's capabilities, feel free. We like talking about WordPress and and, uh, are happy to answer any questions that might come up. In the meantime, I think that yeah, I'm, I'm just really working on some, some custom themes right now. So I, Adam, I think you know this, but I actually don't have, I don't have a custom or I don't use Elementor or a page builder. I have custom framework myself and I build all of my themes off of that. So I, I don't rely on those page builders and stuff like that, but yeah, I I mean, they, I know have a time and a place, but again, because I like that that customization and not loading extraneous things. That's why I, I have a custom framework. Yeah, I like that the 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 way that they're building their their WP blocks formerly or now still Gutenberg, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's evolving into something that's that's really cool because you can actually add your own block, right? You can say, okay, I'll call it a card or, or whatever and then it does whatever and then you just drag and drop it to whatever page and it shows up in the in the card block library. Um, so that's that's very cool. I mean, I, I like that because, again, customization, but I, I just, I get tired of sometimes, like, uh, a lot of my friends, like, years ago, Divi Builder, or now they have Divi Theme built in, whatever, was an elegant themes builder that's popular. It was great, but it now, or at least in my opinion, it's become very bloated, or at least the theme. It just, it loads slowly, it's too much, I'm like, alright, enough. So, I found Elementor, this is a few years ago. Elementor so far, knock on wood, from what I see, and I only use the pro or the uh, free version. A friend of mine does actually use the the uh, pro version. He still uses it, still likes it, um, because the pro version they let you turn on and off certain things, so they're still very aware of 
not to make it too bloated. And Elemental was good, but as Warp uh, WP Blocks was getting better and better, I was just using that and just building it out and just I can turn on things on and off and, you know, just kind of keeping it as native as possible. But it's, uh, yeah. I agree with that. And I know that I have friends that uh, are developers as well, and they use the Genesis framework. And I have not actually used too much in the way of the Genesis framework, but I know that there are some similar ones out there. And my biggest complaint with that is that while, yes, it does make the development process a little bit easier because a lot of the core stuff is already designed. My question is that, like, are grandchild themes a thing because I have received clients who, you know, I didn't design their site originally and they're like, Hey, I need some help. I don't, you know, my designer developer, whatever doesn't get back to me in a timely fashion. So I'm ready to move on. Can you help me? I'm like, yeah, sure. I take a look at their site. It's a Genesis framework or it's some other site that already has a child site on it. And then I am I, I'm forced to design and develop within the child site. And I just, that feels, maybe that is the best way to do it. But I, I don't necessarily want to undo because it's not my, like it's, I'm cooking in someone else's kitchen. I don't necessarily want to undo somebody else's work. I would rather have the option to create a grandchild site. Do you know what I mean? And I don't know if that's a possibility, but that's one of the reasons why I started customizing my own theme was because then if I get hit by a bus and can no longer update somebody's site, they can very easily like bolt on a child site if they ever needed to, because that's still an option. Whereas it's not necessarily when you use a frameworks site that you have two themes needed to run it. Does that make sense? Yes. So yeah, excuse me. Um, yeah, I have, so yeah, I have, I've, uh, a lot of things about, so, my opinions on themes. So a, a theme. So okay. So people can use themes in the way that the framework of, of WordPress is. You can you know you know grab a theme for users like to maybe has a certain feel to it, a look as I call it, a template, whatever, and you can swap them out, and then everything's still there. It uses it however it uses it, right? Which is great. But you can also have functionality in a theme, right? So now if you have, you know, specific custom functionality you want to add. Of course, you want to add a uh, child theme because then, you know, when the parent thing updates, you don't want to, all your stuff to, to erase. And then going forward, if you're building, so like I had a client that, that they love, for whatever reason, they loved a certain certain parent theme and they had a, a very customized, I think it was a little too customized, um, child theme based on, which they, in my opinion, if you're going to really customize a child theme, I kind of look at, you know, what functionality from the parent theme are you using, you know, because really you can just create your own, you know, for that site client, their own theme, right, as a parent theme. If they're never going to, number one, if they're not going to change it or if they just want, especially if it has such a custom, custom function. So, but again, anytime you create, whether you create a, a child theme or whatever, the most important thing is to, or at least as a developer, is to document everything. So, like, anytime, I like, even, like, when I was helping this, they needed, you know, cert, they didn't have access to the developer who made the child theme or whatever, so I went in and changed some stuff. But I coded, or I documented everything that I added. So, like, I put, you know, 
here, you know, even like within the actual files or whatever I, I touched, I put, you know, always a little, little, uh, you know, author, you know, Adam added on this date, you know, and then why, you know, and then like, <laughs> so basically I, I, I documented everything I, I changed uh, or added so that, you know, going forward, if they went back to the same developer or somebody else, they'd be like, oh, this is an add-on. So this, you know, this guy, Adam, he added, you know, all of these functionality things for to do this. Oh, okay, I see what he's doing, whatever. So that that's kind of my take on on themes in general. That's wise. I mean, like, that's just good good development protocol and etiquette is making sure that you're you're logging your um and notating you know what you're doing so um thank you for doing that for one one dev person to another thank you <laughs> was there any other topics on wordpress that we didn't hit today that that we should have well i mean the only thing i didn't we didn't really touch on is is the so there was a different let me just touch real briefly so i just talked about themes so the difference between a theme and a plugin. So if you have a, a theme, you know, the, the whole point in themes, you can change it out. If it doesn't have customized, a lot of customized stuff, you can change it out and, you know, without breaking the site, you know, obviously it's going to use it however the theme is, is coded out. But with a plugin, you can have that same functionality regardless of whatever theme. So you can build out, to me, a plugin is the functionality, custom functionality that handles whatever it is, right? Based on whatever or not based on whatever uh, theme is, is going to be there. It's still going to work. And then, of course, you can make a theme that you never change out with a lot of functionality customized. So, again, I guess that's just my ways of describing a theme and a plugin. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I, I forget that because there is a debate going on on whether or not to put things in themes versus plugins. And starting out, I I did, you know, everything in my theme. It was one bundled you know, thing. And it made my, made my OCD happy that it was in one nice tiny package. But, you know, some of the stuff that, um, you know, like I was telling you about those, those little meta boxes with the wine, like that info, when it relates to the content, like the actual text and imagery that shows up on a site, um, you don't necessarily want that to go when you change themes, you may want to relocate it when you change themes, but you still want it to be available in the database. So I've relooked or I've, I've reanalyzed how I develop certain things now, because I want to make this extendable for someone who's changing out a theme, they're not going to lose that, that metadata because there's no more, there's no longer a place in the database for that to be housed because they changed themes. So yeah, that's, that's, I know, a, a big debate between developers is, oh, do I put this in the theme? Do I put it in a plugin? So, uh, but it's important to think about. I, I think, yeah, I think, you know, that's why a lot of themes you see, you know, it's, it can be annoying, but I, I, this is kind of why they do it is when you install a theme, you have on their settings page or on wherever some page they have, it says, you know, hey, here's some recommended plugins, right, to add. So, you know, this because that's how they want you to get the functionality, you know, maybe specific to that theme or just that they're, you know, mentioned in their documentation and say, hey, use this theme because it'll work with this mulligan or whatever. But they're not embed, I mean, they can embed functionality into their theme, but because they know people, inter you know, swap them out, they, they just say, okay, recommend, you know, use these plugins because these plugins will have the functionality of, XYZ, you know, maybe for instance, like, you know, your wine customers have specific, you know, meta boxes or etc. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, those are all important things to think about when you're creating with WordPress. Okay.
That concludes this episode. Our hosts will return with another topic in the next episode. Bye-bye, everyone.